0: explain those bad lads that's a hell of a name
1: morning everybody welcome to
2: badlands daily this is all connected guys it really is it's 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 undeniable which is a rigged system with these elite people
3: there is no need to complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated
1: the divide is is meant to keep us divided and fighting each other
3: but they control the actors and i really think they have to
0: they like making their pet monkeys dance it's just a creation that exists in the minds of people who are still addicted to the central narrative.
2: All
3: right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Badlands Daily. I'm joined on this lovely Friday by my co-host Chris Paul. How you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, same old, same old. I see you rocking the cancel me hat today. Absolutely love it. Uh, felt
0: like uh, it felt like it needed to make a comeback. I haven't had it on in a while, so
3: I know, I know. It blends in even more with your Lex Friedman podcast uh, background.
0: <laughs> <though>. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, man. That guy.
3: Gosh. Did you see, did you see interviewed Tucker the other day? Yeah. I watched the whole thing. Did you? I watched about half of it, maybe a quarter of it. And I kept falling asleep in the middle of it, man. It's been, it was rough. I don't
0: know, man. People get upset with me when I talk about Tucker Carlson. He said some really great things in that interview. He also said some things that uh, are absolutely false and he absolutely must know it. Um, I was shocked by the fact that he and Lex Friedman both kind of hand waved about the idea of Nazis in Ukraine, as if that ideology being passed down for a couple more generations is somehow impossible. Like like Germany has invisible border walls around the concept of Nazism and it couldn't have gotten out. I mean, they flew over to uh, North and South America. They went out and began infiltrating the rest of the world. Russia's like the one place. Like Russia actually won World War II and defeated Nazis. And it's like Vladimir Putin, he expressed to Tucker Carlson about the, uh, he, you know, he mentioned the Nazi that had gone into the Canadian parliament. Tucker just acted like that didn't happen. Apparently, he didn't bother researching um, the history of that ideology in that exact region. Uh, doesn't have any idea why why Vladimir Putin gave him the history of that region as if he wasn't trying to tell him hey this is the same enemy we've always fought and by the way it's the same enemy the united states is fighting now too so i don't know man he's an info op and if if the best explanation that a person can give is that x person is a a white hat white hat op you just have to wait and see how they're part of this secret program down the line all these lies that they're telling us for the you know however many years are just part of that, that playbook. I I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I mean, it could be correct. I'm not saying it can't be correct. And I'm not saying anybody should hate Tucker Carlson. All I'm saying is if if we're going to demand truth and demand truth, you know,
3: yeah that's a fair point i mean he 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 mentioned elections briefly for a couple of minutes and i thought that was like again it's one of those mis. it's not it's not a misconception it's just giving bad information that the whole theory behind the stolen election was this misinformation campaign leading up to it which yes that very much had a, a lot to do with it but that has that ignores all of the significant evidence after. And when Tucker was talking about, oh, you know, I had somebody on Fox News that said six dead people voted. And then, you know, two of them I found out were actually alive and I felt terrible and I had to apologize the next day and all this shit. And I'm like, man, if this guy only actually knew the obfuscation that took place in in our elections. And, you know, I'm I'm referring mainly to Georgia right now because that's where I've been focused for the last probably year uh it's it's absolutely insane that that was the best information that he was given you know let let these investigations pan out and see what the fruits of those investigations are as we come out and then look at the information and say hey yeah there really is something wrong here and maybe it's also a problem that it takes this long to be able to do the types of investigations that really should be done into our elections to determine whether or not they're free and fair
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on all of that. To me, the most important factor is that it's taken him 37 months to give a version of how the election was stolen that anybody could have realized before the election even happened. Um, So that shows me no progress. It shows me a willingness to say something now that way more than half the country already understands that thing to be true. And all of the heat has, you know, kind of come off being a you know saying that publicly so he's not taking a risk now now it's just something everybody knows that he's repeating he is repeating a version of that that isolates the problem to only the trump and biden 2020 election and it ignores all the actual systematic problem or systemic problems i should say uh in the election apparatus and just acts like the only problem was the rules being changed unconstitutionally. And I would just ask people out there who get upset by the viewpoint I'm expressing. If the 2024 election was held today and they stole it as they did in 2020, just right out in the open in broad daylight, what would Tucker Carlson do? Would he come out and say, it looks like they've stolen another election and uh, the American people need to be uh, very clear and open and honest about what is being done to the country and we need to figure out Uh, a way to respond to this and it doesn't have to be violent. We want to like violence should always be the absolute last resort. But this, this problem is the situation is unresolvable until this problem is handled. We cannot go forward as a country until this problem is handled. I don't think he would do that. I think that he would uh, suggest that we need to, um, defer to election experts and people on the ground and the lawyers and we, and the courts. And we need to see how this process plays out slowly until he eventually forgets it and gets caught up with whatever the next drama is as happened in 2020. I don't see these people handling this stuff any different. Tucker didn't try to, uh, Tucker didn't try to puncture holes in the COVID narrative. He barely did anything on the black lives matter narrative didn't bother with mail-in ballots and voting fraud and all that. I I just, uh, I I would love to love the guy. I really, really would. I understand that he's likable. I understand that he has a platform and that he has the ability to wake people up to new ideas, but I just don't see it, man. What would he do in that situation? Until you can answer that question, I don't, I don't understand the, uh, the, the protection racket around Tucker Carlson. Like, oh, we we can't allow anybody to get to this man.
3: (laughs) I I, you know I'm not I'm not entirely uh, against that there I do think there's been leaps and bounds of progress uh since he's been out on his own in terms of you know what he he now he's able to do you know like an hour-long podcast with Mike Benz and and get all that information out there and I thought that was brilliant Mike Benz wonderful it's phenomenal and and you know getting that type of format you know he's still getting his feet underneath him in terms of of getting that that type of format together so let's see so far it's been good uh I'm 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 pleased with it I'm not you know I, it could be better of course it could be a lot better uh he could have hack on some actual you know people that know the information regarding the 2020 election and, and and on uh but you know it is what it is the one thing I did love about it though is it completely and totally exposed Friedman as a an absolute Ukraine simp an absolute Ukraine simp I mean he would say things I, w- I was thinking about this before the show where the hell did I hear somebody saying? you know, they told us that Ukraine could win this war and they absolutely have no shot at winning this war. And that was Tucker to, to, to uh, Friedman and Friedman mm. backed up. He's like, we still have to support them. We still have to send money over there. And he's like, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. Lex Friedman basically expressed the viewpoint that
0: if we if we exercise maximum leverage on Ukraine, then they might be able to get back the land that Putin stole. Lex Friedman is one of the dumbest people in the public conversation. He is like the second wave of the intellectual dark web. That guy is just stupid. And we pretend that he's not because he's a technologist and he has very serious conversations about AI. And he went to MIT. Bro, I mean, maybe he can do math. Or maybe he's just an intelligence asset that we're supposed to believe is smart, but that guy ain't smart. I,
3: I, 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 I do think he's actually pretty intelligent. Um, on what basis? Well, his, his on term on the technology front, I think he's pretty intelligent. I, I think, I don't think he's somebody that should be,
0: he can repeat the the steps of the conversation that people who do that work have. Right. But I, 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 I don't. Uh, is he is he advancing original thought in that field? Doesn't seem to be. He seems yeah. to be asking basic questions from a totally normy, um, trust the science
3: viewpoint. I I don't know, man he survived youtube i mean that tells you all you need to know all right exactly. we gotta we gotta roll into the show before we get started ladies and gentlemen we need you uh, if stress may be why you can't lose weight all right if you have moderate to high stress a doctor formulated weight loss supplement called lean could be your solution chronic stress wreaks havoc on your blood sugar which can cause your blood or excuse me your body to store excess fat stress can also slow your metabolism which fuels weight gain and you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings now the good news the studied ingredients in lean have been showed to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels they help optimize metabolism and keep your appetite under control if your life is a bit stressful and you want to lose weight add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle you can get 15 percent off and free shipping at take lean.com when you enter promo code badlands 15 again that's promo code badlands15 at takelean.com takelean.com statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease and is not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider and let's go ahead and uh, since you know we're rolling through here let's go ahead and jump into our next sponsor and uh We've got Ascent Nutrition, it's become increasingly clear that the amount of heavy metals, microplastics, and other toxins we are exposed to has only increased. And that's why we want to highlight the importance of pine needles for our health. We've been talking about Ascent Nutrition for several months and want to spotlight their pine needle extract due to the important compounds in it and the effects that so many people are having. As you can see with the testimonies, many people have been using the pine needle extract for months and feel more energy, greater mental focus, and some people haven't been sick in over a year while using it. The taste is incredible incredible. Instead of needing to make a cup of tea out of pine needles, you can get the benefits in this potent extracted formula. I have the pine needle extract. I tell you guys all the time, I keep it right here. I do my dose in the morning before the show. And uh, yeah, I feel great after using this stuff. So prioritize prioritize your health. Head over to badlandsmedia.tv slash ascent and use promo code badlands to save 10% off their pine needle extract and all of the products from Ascent Nutrition. Again, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash ascent, promo code badlands at checkout. And yeah, I've got the, uh, oop, got to get that one down. Amateur hour. Yeah. I've got the pine needle extract right here. I take uh, a whole, uh, micro dropper, whatever it's called every single morning. It's, it's, it's a really crazy taste. Like it's, it's sweet and it's good, but it's, it's strange. Never tasted anything like that. So
0: I love it. Yeah.
3: I just had some a little bit ago. All right. Well let's go ahead and jump into our first story. Since, since we talked a little bit about elections, I, I I do want to highlight this. I'm not going to, uh, I'll pull the story up here in just a second, but there was a victory. I saw somebody in the chat already uh, mentioned it. There was a victory in Pennsylvania and Delaware County uh, with, with uh, Greg Stenstrom and Leah Hoops. Uh, they, they had a, a defamation case that was brought against them by Jim Savage. Many of you guys may have seen the videos, short little clips of uh, closed caption television, uh, uh, closed caption, closed circuit, uh, hidden cameras, hidden cameras is what I'm saying. Uh, when this individual, James Savage, who is uh, a representative of the Delaware County elections, they were deleting evidence like they were burning uh poll tapes and all sorts of stuff and they admit to as much on on camera uh talking about having a bonfire and all this stuff and they got this on 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 video you know at one point saying i can't delete that it would be a felony all this stuff well the stenstrom and hoops they put this out there and they got sued for it and uh you know donald trump i believe was named in this lawsuit they ended up winning that lawsuit today on a basis of truth meaning that you can put this out there if it's if it's actually true so uh that's a big victory we'll talk more about it on why we vote uh this afternoon or this evening at seven thirty p.m uh, we'll talk more about that cases uh, today i don't really have too much to go on right now but i do want to jump into this uh th- this uh article right here from the epic times Maine democrats reject major election security reform bills supported by republicans the leadership of the Democrat majority in both houses of the Maine state legislature showed zero interest in comprehensive election security reform bill put forward by uh, Republican state representative Heidi Sampson. She says, quote, they dispatched my bill in three and one half minutes without explanation, said Miss Sampson. They flat out rejected a common sense plan to return to the simple practices that have been historically proven to be effective. They didn't want to listen. By their inaction, the Democrats have shown their cards. Now, let's listen to what's or let's let's read about what's actually in this bill. The proposed legislation was modeled after an election reform plan being offered to state legislators across the country by Phil Klein of the America Voters Alliance and independent investigative journalist and author Naomi Wolf. Maine was the first state to be presented with the modest bill. The Samson bill here it comes requires photo identification. Good idea. An absentee ballot can only be obtained after a voter requests one. no more no excuse absentee ballots. It mandates the public it mandates uh, the public hand counting of all votes seems fair to me uh, makes voting a one-day activity using paper ballots eliminates ballot harvesting. Bans private and NGO money from paying for election functions. The measure also makes election vendors subject to public records requests. I mean, God forbid you have these companies that are getting these no-bid contracts, uh, mm-hmm. like like Runbeck, for example, to do uh, run our elections, and we're not allowed to do freedom of information requests against them. It also requires all ballot management activities to be observable by representatives from political parties and ensures public accessibility to the computer codes of election equipment. I mean, to be fair, this is a dream bill right here. I mean, this bill right here hits on all the points that we want. Hand count. Go ahead. Have you gone through
0: the, uh, the Naomi Wolf, um, proposal on elections? She basically sent out, this kind of, uh, model bill to representatives in all the states. And, uh, Patrick actually did a reading of it on reading Epic threads. And there's, there's a lot there. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's, I think it's a good start for sure. Um, I ultimately don't think that the solution for this problem is going to come from, uh, legislation within states, but obviously I'm happy to see these efforts
3: moving forward. Anyway, continue. Well, it, hold, let me hold on. Let me let me pick your brain sure. here for a second. So, if yeah. you don't think it's going to come through legislation in states, where do you think it'll come from? Um,
0: I think that uh, that it's going to probably come from challenges to the uh, constitutionality of any of these parts of the election system. I think other decisions will be made that make it clear that none of these. Um, policies are acceptable, but I could be wrong about that. You know, I, I think that we're going to try to go back. It, it seems to me like the pattern that is emerging is that we are going to try to unwind all of this stuff back to the point where the uh, the original constitution is kind of upheld and, and, and then work forward again from there. But I don't think that uh, changes to the apparatus in place right now are are going to do it i just i think it's too i think it's too corrupted at a fundamental level in the election system
3: so we'll see i don't know fair i mean a lot of the things that that they mentioned that first paragraph and there's a little bit more that we'll get into here in just a second but a lot of those things were things that were you know unlawfully unconstitutionally changed in the 2020 election and you know it seems like now you got a fair point there all you have to do is go back to the original way the law was intended and if you do that a lot of those things not all of them but a lot of them i, I mean i would love to be able to get freedom of information requests against you know contractors that are going to uh, uh, be involved in elections I, I think anybody that's contracting with the government and, and and receiving taxpayer you know dollars should be subject to freedom of information pertaining to what they are receiving contracted monies for you know so in other words if you're a defense contractor and you're contracted to build this new missile system. Uh, it's probably going to be classified. But that information you should be allowed to frame of uh, do a FOIA on. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you should be able to FOIA anything having to do with that company. I mean, obviously, there's privacy uh, rights that corporations hold, but when it comes to government funding, uh, I, I think that's pertinent. and the the big case in this was was uh, runback with Cyber ninjas, where Cyber ninjas was subject to FOIA, but runbeck was not. and and to me, That's an unequal application of the law uh, for for cyber ninjas to have to be um, hand over, you know, documents. But Runbeck doesn't have to. And and it didn't it didn't hold up in court either. And it absolutely should have. That was that was totally weaponized, in my opinion.
0: I'm 100 percent in agreement with you there. Um, Did you see that decision from uh, Texas AG Ken Paxton this week that he kind of, you know, his office released a statement about it? Um, It was about this uh, proxy voting issue. You know, Nancy Pelosi basically shut down the House of Representatives for the better part of three years due to, quote unquote, COVID. And the courts ruled that a spending package, a $1.7 trillion spending package was actually passed unconstitutionally. They did not have quorum. There was nothing in the Constitution that allowed them to have nearly three years worth of absentee proxy voting for legislation in the house. And so I think that we're going to see a lot of things like that. And the fact that we know our elections are not legitimate means that we have people sitting in public office who are not legitimate. And the fact that we have them now means that those people also don't have the, uh, legitimate authority to be able to institute new election laws. And this has been true now for cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle. So I don't see a way that that this problem gets solved by attempting to legitimately reverse legislation that itself isn't legitimate in the first place. That is not a, a hurdle that should have to be crossed. You know, I am very much of the mind and the understanding that uh, that uh, What is the, gosh, the statement just vanished from my mind immediately. Oh, fraud vitiates everything, right? Yeah. So if we're going back to, to where these laws that obviously are inten- intended to reduce the integrity of the election system and make it more possible for the regime to simply install the candidates that they want in every election, we need to get back to the beginning of that. And and any of this stuff that was passed by illegitimately sad officials anything that violates the constitution that stuff just needs to be removed yeah. and if there is legislation after that point that needs to be implemented to fix the election system great but trying to invalidate already invalid laws with new laws passed by people who we cannot whose legitimacy we cannot prove that does not seem to be a workable solution to me
3: yeah the quorum the quorum case with ken paxton I, I it only dealt with two specific uh portions of of that law the 2022 bill um i think it was the 2022 appropriations bill that that it was referring to but it only dealt with two specific things but the ruling itself uh, obviously i think it'll be challenged and i do think that is something that the, that scotus will have to chime in on because it's a constitutional question there but if that does get upheld in in the Supreme Court if it, if it goes that route i mean the the implications of that are huge i mean how many how many bills were passed in the US Congress without a quorum uh you know that's something uh that that um Ivan raikland has been hounding on about the the electoral count you know not having a quorum uh and and the other big thing with that is is then it 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 kind of trickles down to our state legislators. And how many of our state legislatures have have passed laws with this proxy voting crap where they could zoom in and and cast their boat vote, vote like that while they're probably using a green screen background sitting on a beach like uh like the the attorney in the trial the other day wearing his board shorts and a collared shirt in order to uh, you know, whatever. But Let's jump back into this. Here it says uh, the, to deter violations, the bill provides criminal penalties for specific offenses. Election worker, an election worker who is willfully and wrongfully obstructing the worker, the work of a poll watcher, may be temporarily removed from the polling place and charged with a crime. Which kind of puts the shoe on the other foot in terms of uh, you know what we saw in 2020, where they were the poll watchers were kicked out and uh, almost charged with crimes. It says other important features of the Sampson bill include a ban on pauses in the counting of the absentee ballots. There's a genius idea. Once you start, you don't stop. Uh, Absentee ballot envelopes not signed or properly witnessed shall not be opened. Another, I mean, it's an illegitimate vote. Shouldn't be counted. Absentee ballots must be received by election officials by the closing of polls on election day. There's another, you know, common sense idea right there. And counting absentee ballots cannot begin until after the polls close. Uh, another, Another thing that they had in there, was that each uh, ballot must have a watermark or a unique barcode or microchip that doesn't contain that does not contain the identity of the voters? Look, this is a this is a really common sense bill that would you know reinvigorate the the trust or at least you know kind of rehab it a little bit the trust that we have in our elections and I mean obviously we have none. There's very little mm-hmm. trust. I still encourage everybody to get out there and vote, of course, but. Um, you know, there isn't much trust in, in the elections because it happens time and time again. And they just, you know, kick the can down the road and say human glitch or human error, technical glitch, whatever it may be. So there you have it. Maine shot that down in three and a half minutes.
0: Yeah, um, I think you're right. Uh, lots of common sense solutions there. There is no way that people who's, who owe their jobs to stolen elections are going to implement any of this stuff. And so, you know, again, the problem is working this way through the system. you actually have to to do it this way, you would have to have people who won rigged elections then want to fix rigged elections. And that is one of those uh, quandaries that I don't understand why people, you know, I understand that people are we're all conditioned to expect that solutions for big problems, must come from government and higher authorities like that. But uh, I don't see how you can expect um, illegitimate authorities to, to override the thing that put them in power in the first place. You would think that they would at least want to hold on to certain things that their donors and the people who put them, the people who place them in power, those people would still want to hold on to the techniques they use to keep representatives in power. So, you know, gosh, man, I, this stuff, people, people engaged in this conversation around the Ron DeSantis candidacy, you know, and and one of my arguments to those DeSantis simps that they could never get past was, why should we expect the guy to win a rigged election in the first place while being a good guy and then to fix elections if he's installed as president after winning a rigged election. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh,
3: defund the liberal says we can't even get an amen. Reg- I'm I, I'm I'm assuming that's an amendment, but it, it no, could I be an amen too no. uh, regarding only citizens can vote. To be fair, to be fair, uh, the 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 I believe the Supreme Court has upheld that citizens cannot vote in federal elections, uh, and and I think they've even gone as far as like challenged New York's law uh, that that illegal. Uh, excuse me that uh yeah illegal immigrants can vote or you know non non-legal voters so green card holders aren't re- legal to vote uh they've upheld that as well so but the problem is and this is something we talked about earlier in the week with these state sanctuary uh laws most of the time they allow you not to or they allow you to obtain you know driver's licenses medicare and medicaid and you know certain benefits through state agencies but there's a law in the sanctuary state law that you're not allowed to ask them for immigration status and so when you have automatic voter registration where you go get a driver's license and you're automatically registered to vote well if you're not allowed to ask them for the immigration status that they're in and you give them a driver's license guess what they're now registered to vote and i I say this over and over again most of these people i believe won't vote they they're not going to vote they know you know some of them know it's illegal the problem is is they are in the system as a registered voter and then therefore they can be accre- uh, accredited to one of these ballots that crosses state lines like in the case of uh jesse morgan's two hundred fifty thousand ballots that just mysteriously disappeared from his trailer in the middle of the night so long way of saying uh they're trying to make a legals vote i'm glad that we're hearing from phil klein again yes i was so excited when i saw his name pop up because he's been uh, you know, kind of quiet, he's doing a lot of work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but in terms of a, a social presence, um, I, I got to reach out to him and see if we could get him on why we vote here, but yeah, all right, he's, he's
0: great. I can't wait to hear about, uh, you know, the, um, the social media stuff that, that effect and the CTCL and the Zuckerberg money that like a lot of people assume that some of these storylines are wrapped up because they went away.
3: They're not wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get, can we get a mod to mute this guy, please? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Good to see you, Clay. Semper Fi, brother. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this story here. From ABC News, four charged with transporting Iranian-made weapons faced detention hearings in U.S. court. Now, this is a story we talked about a couple weeks ago. This is the, the case where uh, the two U.S. Navy SEALs uh, died uh, at sea trying to uh, interd- interdict this this ship here. Uh, this is This is a little more interesting now that I actually know like the details of this, um, the ship, especially it's mind blowing. I i, I got a lot of questions. Uh, it says a Pakistani national who's who US officials say was the captain of a ship carrying Iranian made missile components to the Houthi rebels in Yemen was ordered Tuesday to remain behind bars as he awaits trial on charges of attempting to smuggle a warhead and other weapons and lying to US Coast Guard officers as they boarded the boat Two Navy SEALs drowned while boarding the the unflagged vessel in the Arabian sea on January 11th, in the wake of continued Houthi attacks on commercial and military ships in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. Federal prosecutor said the boat's captain, Mohammed Palawan, uh, refused to slow the ship when US Navy began its boarding attempt and quote, shouted for the crew to burn the boat before the Navy could board it. The ship was declared a Dow. Now, I I think that's how you say that, D-H-O-W. Yeah, I had to look, I had to look up what a Dow is we're talking like a small sailboat like I so so when I first heard this story that U.S. Navy SEALs were boarding a ship and two sailors uh, two SEALs drowned, I was thinking like, you know, a big cargo ship or something along those lines, you know, something where they have to, you know, repel the side of the ship and or climb up the the side of the ship or something. This is a small little ship that's probably, you know, being boarded by, you know, a little swift boat that the SEALs are operating. And, uh, you know, apparently, well, I think it describes it says uh, U.S. officials say Navy Special Warfare Operator First Class Christopher J. Chambers slipped into the gap created by high waves between the vessel and the SEALs combatant craft. Navy Warfare Special Operator Second Class Nathan Gage Ingram jumped into the sea to try and save him. The SEAL who jumped in after the other operator was following protocol efforts to find and rescue. The two SEALs were unsuccessful and they were later declared dead by the Navy. This is weird. When you yeah. look, when you look at these ships, I mean, you're talking like, think of like two small boats. I mean, maybe a yacht. Okay, maybe a yacht. So originally, I was thinking a massive cargo ship, and the props were turning. And you know, you go down on the side of like a cruise ship or a big cargo ship. That prop sucks you right in, and it it dices you into a million little pieces, and 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 your fish bait at that point. And mm. so that's kind of what I was thinking happened. You know tragically and God bless those two Navy Seals fair winds and fair winds and following seas but even in I see somebody says rough seas even in rough seas man these are these guys are one step shy of fish I mean they're you know I know I know seals is an acronym but but you know the, the training that they go through in the water is insane absolutely insane and to think that these two fell into the water and you know between thermal imaging and all the even if it was at you know pitch black at night thermal imaging you would be able to pick these guys up in 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 seconds and so again this just it doesn't make much sense I I Scarfinger saying this was a firefight very well could have been a firefight uh but yeah I mean I guess that that avoids you know an escalation in the war if they killed two Navy Seals trying to board this ship yeah lots of questions man
0: I'm extremely skeptical about all of these uh, reports, man, because there have been so many incidents that are immediately co-opted and used to suggest that there is uh, an even greater threat that we must apply military force to solving or, uh, or blunting in the Middle East in this entire exchange. And every bit of it, I mean... Right on the heels of watching the same thing happen with the Russia-Ukraine stuff, you know, the ghost of Kiev, Snake Island, uh, the maternity hospital, the missiles that flew into Poland—like just so many attempts at escalation or attempts at justifications for escalation—and yeah, I mean that's the boat. So, yeah, these, this, this was. was sorry, good. No, I, this is this is the, the, the centerpiece of this conflict, a ship like this.
3: I mean, yeah, you look at, even if you just Google Dow, I mean, you're, you're talking about small boats, small sailboats, uh, very, you know, kind of barbaric, uh, you know, not a lot of amenities and all that. I mean, I, I even call into question the payload that they're alleged to be carrying. What are you going to sail this, this small little ship across the Gulf of Aden? You know, from from uh, it was off the coast of africa i believe wasn't it I, I i don't know man this just just makes absolutely no sense you're telling me that to a seal craft was alongside this somebody fell in the water and and navy seals with some of the most capable technology out there weren't able to to recover these guys I, it just makes no sense man i agree all right well as it always seems fitting to have you on when this kind of stuff pops up, let's jump into this story here. Congress passes stopgap funding bill to avert government shutdown. I, I swear, Chris, I don't plan this. I, I'm sure there's probably a jobs report that's gonna be coming out at today or it'll be mm. next week, which you'll be on for. Uh, I don't know if they do it if the Friday falls on the first. I think they wait till the next Friday because um, the ADP report I don't think came out yet. But here we have another example of you know just Kicking the can down the road right here from Epic Times, Congress passes stopgap bill uh, stopgap funding bill to avert government shutdown says the U.S. Senate passed a stopgap gap funding bill Thursday night and sent it to the desk of President Joe Biden for signing narrowly averting another potential government shutdown that would have occurred at midnight on March 1st. The bill cleared the Senate in a 77 to 13 vote on Thursday night after four Republican amendments were defeated on the floor earlier, the US House of Representatives passed what was the fourth stopgap funding bill, uh, spending bill for the 2024 fiscal year in a 320 to 99 vote. Now, I, I believe I, I the fiscal 2024 year started in October, I believe is when the, is when the fiscal year starts for the government. So October, November, December, January, February, March, we're, we're just now getting into the six months so about halfway. And we've already had four of these stopgap funding bills because the oh so dangerous government shut down that nobody seems to be able to put together the time to actually sit here and go through the su- single line appropriations like we were promised mm-hmm. by speaker kevin mccarthy in 2022 2023 uh it, this is just insane man it says uh I'll, let me finish this and then i'll let you jump in on this because i know you'll have probably more than hopefully that just shut it down because that's where i'm at now <laughs> 97 republicans voted against the measure hr 7463 the extension of continuing appropriations and other matters uh ag- they voted against that bill the reprieve will extend funding for some government departments through march 8th and others through march 22nd which leaders believe will at last result in the passage of six remaining spending bills required to fund the government this is basically well it goes on to say arguing against the bill Members noted that it merely extends the spending priorities of the Biden administration. Chip Roy says, quote, we're going to continue funding this government at Nancy Pelosi's omnibus spending levels. That is a level that will continue to fund all of the priorities that we oppose. So in other words, we have a Republican majority, yet we continue to tow the up. Did you lose me? Can you hear me? I can can hear you. My, it, I just heard a pop in my headphones, and I was afraid you my good. soundboard shorted out. We're just going to continue kicking the can down the road with Nancy Pelosi spending, despite having a GOP House right now. It's, I, yeah, I mean, so so we got to rewind back to the fall,
0: as you mentioned. Uh, Kevin McCarthy passed the CR initially and received the motion to vacate for it. He was eventually replaced by Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson has uh, passed a couple of very short term continuing resolutions, avoiding the big omnibus spending bill that they wanted to pass before the holiday break. And before, um, yeah, just before the holiday holiday break, sorry, they're usually able to push that through while between Thanksgiving and Christmas, while everybody is consumed with holiday stuff and not paying attention to politics. And rather than passing one that would lead us all the way into 2025, that was the big problem to avoid, that was avoided. The concession was to grant the CR. What that also did, though, was move the calendar to a, to a point where Americans actually would be paying attention. We avoided that kind of that black hole between the uh, between Thanksgiving and the end of the year. And we've come back now with initially the January 19th and February 2nd deadlines. Those got pushed to March 1st and March 8th. Now, March 1st gets pushed to next Friday, March 8th. March 8th gets pushed to March 22nd. So we still have those same two deadlines that were agreed to last year. They've been moved now twice. And I think that that is okay. They're actually like extend, uh, they're they're using up all of their narrative ammo, all of the pressure that they intend to wield to kind of uh, put on um, the American people to rationalize the passage of these spending bills. They're using the proxy war stuff. They're using the immigration stuff. What they ultimately want is the passage of that unipartisan uh, compromise package. These are the big priorities. They have to fund that stuff. They want to expand the surveillance state at the border, eventually turn that inward into uh, onto American citizens, and they want to, facilitate a more efficient uh global slave trade that they call you know migration
3: yeah we're going to we're going to get into that pretty heavy right. here
4: in a minute,
0: so. so these these are the uh spending priorities they're trying to ratchet up the tension and and hype these issues so that everyone will get behind the congress continuing to fund the government on the basis of these priorities we want the government shut down they want to get these priorities funded it seems to me that continuing to push that uh, deadline back is making it, it's kind of forcing people to get over the hype, right? They're all over hype now to the point where the hype loses its effect the same way that they would about climate change or something, you know, climate change used to be a really important issue. And now most of the countries like, yeah, they were just yanking our chain with that climate change thing. I think that's what's going on here. And I think, you know, to the extent that Mike Johnson is intending to do that, he's doing it very effectively. The country is understanding that, no, we actually don't need to keep spending to keep funding this government. And these problems might be very real problems, but these people are giving us a line of bullshit about these problems. And and the the motivation to go along with their desires is just evaporating.
3: I'm just sorry. I, I, I oh, no. Ash just sent me the jobs report. So the jobs report did oh, come out today. Uh, but I'm not seeing like, it's the actual BLS report. So, uh, I can't really go through these numbers right now. Um, but we'll find, we'll find something on it. Maybe during one of the commercial breaks. Um, you're exactly right. So, so Congress has one job essentially, like their most important job is to fund the government is to, you know, make sure that the government is up and running. And every single time I'd be curious to go back and look at over the last, what can can, can I, can I just
0: clarify something? I I would say that the Congress's job is to spend money when the people want money spent, and on the things Congress is supposed to be spending money on. That's not what yeah. they're doing now. So the fact that they do have control over the purse—that's one thing. But it doesn't mean that they that their task is to keep the government open and running and spending money no matter what.
3: Yeah. So, so I think you yeah. Agree. yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was going to you know get to here but if you, if you go back and look at over the last year go back and look at over the last 10 years since we've had these continuing resolutions 20 years going back to I think Matt Gates said 1997 if you go back and look how many post offices have we renamed statues have we built you know just the little dumb shit that congress you know says oh look I voted on a bill it got passed and and I'm going to put this in my in my you know it's another notch in my bedpost so to speak uh they they say this dumb stuff sit down you've got time now okay right you, you you know the date march 22nd you've got 21 days from right now that's three weeks to the day mm-hmm. sit down get this shit done period there's nothing else going on right now that is more important than scaling back the government funding if you took a a, a multi a, a fortune 500 company right fortune 500 company is all, you, you've got a board of directors you've got your shareholders your, your stockholders if that company was losing money hemorrhaging money like crazy i mean the debt was just piling up and piling up and non, not not profitable you know n- no balanced budget whatever it may be and just continued like that if the directors didn't jump in and, and say hey we got to fix this the stockholders would immediately vote to, to you know withdraw those directors and get something done uh, you know, with that corporation here in the United States, we don't have that option because we have rigged elections. And so we can't hold these people accountable where these people just continue to elect, get elected again. They do it on the backs of their lobbyist firms and their, their nonprofit uh, entities that, that they're affiliated with their, their corporate uh, you know, uh, shills that, that prop them up and they just continue to pander to them while ignoring the people because we don't have free and fair elections. It really does
0: come down to, to uh the election thing and to the financial thing, the economic thing. And I mean, for me, that's, you, you know, watching what's going on with the currency right now, and it's like everything else comes after those two subjects. And it's incredible how much time is spent by spent in the mainstream with discussion of nothing uh,
3: uh, of everything but those subjects. Yeah, I see Cujo just sent me a link to AP News. I just want to just glance at this real quick. And unfortunately, he just sent me a news to AP's homepage. So that doesn't do me any good, dude. Um, Last thing I want to cover in this article here is uh, Senator Mike Lee of Utah reacted to the proposed deal on social media, criticizing its temporary reauthorization of Section 702 of the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Act. Under new government funding plan pushed by the firm, I love how he calls it the firm, unconstitutional domestic spying on American citizens will continue undisturbed. No matter how little you trust Washington, it's too much. So FISA gets its funding and will continue on at least until uh, the next time when we have to hurry up and rush and pass this bill because otherwise the government will shut down. It's just absurd, man. I'm, I'm so sick of this shit. Well, they couldn't
0: have um, a State of the Union with a government shutdown. So it seems like uh, the deadline moving to the day after the fake president's State of the Union is um, specifically designed to avoid that. And you can imagine, I I don't imagine that there were too many concessions given out for the favor of extending that deadline and making the fake president look less fake and less foolish. Um, You know, I think the thing that we have to remember is, So 99 Republicans voted against the passage of this thing. That is probably more than the number of total faithful MAGA Republicans in the Congress. They had some cover, narratively speaking, to be able to vote against this thing. There was no downside for some of them probably to vote against this. Look good for the voters. Look like you care about um, the funding of the government without you know, and the spending problems at the same time. But ultimately, that means that over three quarters of that body are still committed to the uniparty agenda. And I think that we can expect that to continue. Mike Johnson is standing in the way of that, not bringing this legislation to the floor. But ultimately, three quarters of that body wants to pass the spending packages and ultimately will pass the spending packages. And if that requires a motion to vacate, uh, and to get rid of Mike Johnson in order to do that, I expect that that's what we'll see happening. And I mean, that's what I've been saying ever since Mike
3: Johnson was uh, installed as speaker in the first place. Agreed. Speaking of uh, leadership in the Republicans, uh, we know Mitch McConnell is stepping down. Hopefully he'll do it sooner than later. Uh, the Insider, this is from Politico, The Insider's Guide to the McConnell success, success, Succession Rate words are not working today uh reading on from this article it says three potential heirs have long loomed large in the Hills calculus somewhat confusingly all three are white men named John way to go <laughs> political you racist sons of bitches somewhat confusingly
0: how is that confusing
3: I mean other than other than maybe Tim Scott are there I are mean, there any
0: it's not even really somewhat coincidental John is like one of the most popular names.
3: Yeah. I, I just love how they had to throw in the white men. Like why totally. did you have to throw in the white men? Is there a black John in 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 Congress in the Senate? Imagine if
0: they ever did a grouping like that and said somewhat confusingly these people are uh all um these people are all women with uh Israeli uh dual citizenship.
3: Would, would oh, we you ever like, see
0: the Hill report on that or Politico or whatever this is?
3: I thought you were going to set me up perfect there and say they're all black women of color, but you had to add in the Israeli because that's not necessarily true. But the appellate court that uh, Donald Trump's uh, New York case is going to be heard at is all black women. <laughs> I saw that actually. Somebody yeah, posted yeah. It up the other day and it's like, it's like this is the court that, that you know, because... Uh, this is the the middle tier court in New York. That the the highest court is the the court of appeals in New York, and so it's going to go to there. And and there was a, a video floating around where they're they're all black women. And I look, I don't let's hear the case, but uh, that is not representative in any way, shape, or form of the populace in even New York City. You know, mm-hmm. women are fifty fifty, so there's no men. And then uh, you know, blacks still are what like twenty, is it twenty six percent of the population. Oh, the- of the
0: overall population? No, it's yes, like 12%.
3: 12? Okay, I I can't remember. I, I Oh, that's right. Trump has 26% of black support. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So anyways, reading on here it says uh that you know the the white men named John, minority whip John Thune, former whip John Cornyn, and GOP conference chair John Barrasso. They actually do a pretty good job at just giving some overviews. Uh, Thune in 2022, Donald Trump suggested that John Thune might draw a primary challenge in exchange for critical comments about efforts to overturn the former president's 2020 election loss. Thune made clear that Trump wasn't his first choice for president, and then earlier this week, Thune finally formally backed uh, former President Trump, and that. I'm gonna highlight this for two reasons. One, their breakdown of each candidate is how loyal they are to Trump, which is pretty interesting coming from Politico. But two, uh, from our perspective, I, I think that's a, a pretty good litmus test. It's not indicative of, of everything, but it's a good litmus test to where those, these candidates stand. Because you know, 2024, we should take back the Senate. I mean, based on the, the election uh, layout for 2024, we should take back the Senate and if we do you know i don't want to deal with the mitch mcconnell's and paul ryan's that trump had to deal with in 2017 and so this is important to me that they are uh supporters of of trump and his agenda Um, It says of John Cornyn, it says, Cornyn spent two election cycles chairing the National Republican Senatorial Committee and held the GOP's whip job for six years. In 2022, he shepherded through a gun safety measure with Democrats. He also endorsed Trump formally last month, though he has acknowledged that a return to office for the former president is, quote, not without its challenges. And Barrasso is the most vocally pro-Trump and conservative of all three Johns. They've got a couple wild cards in here, including Rick Scott, who says I'll make my case at a later moment, and the current National Republican Senatorial Committee chair, Steve Daines, who uh is an early Trump backer as well. I don't know why the rush to name a successor
0: is happening right now, or maybe that as is actually the explanation. They want to uh make someone seem inevitable for the rest of this year until a formal decision is actually made you know, in my mind, that decision should wait until after the election. We should see these people actually stick their necks out, support MAGA, support MAGA candidates, make it very clear that they support the same fundamental positions that the people of this country support, because that is their job. And we continue to forget that that's their job. Their job is not to tell us how it's going to be. Their job is to
3: implement how we tell them it's going to be. Yeah, the other... You know takeaway from this that politico has out there is i mean you got the first guy is 63 thune is 63 uh cornyn is 72 and barrasso is 71. so for all these people that are talking about you know putting in a fresh you know breath of of young talent and all that stuff they're sure going back on the uh you know bringing the old white men thing real quick there uh, I mean, you've got plenty of younger guys. You've got, you know, Josh Holly. Although I don't necessarily support Josh Holly. You've got Rick, um, not Rick Scott, uh, Tim Scott. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I think he's in his fifties, right? Is Tim Scott in his fifties or sixties? Some might be around 60s. there. Yeah, I mean, he seems young. You know, some people are throwing around Rand Paul. Uh, you yeah. know, a lot of a lot of good people that could that could take up this this uh, this slack here. That'd be actually interesting to see it go from Kentucky to Kentucky, going from McConnell to Rand Paul kind of glaring opposites in the state but anyways yeah
0: i mean maybe one of these guys in the senate is uh a good guy holly seems like maybe the closest people like jd vance he seems to be JD on board vance. i'm not sure that that is a uh that that is like the depth of his spirit talking and singing the maga song it could just be you know branding on his kind of senatorial character, I hope that it's, I hope it's real. I hope it's real. I don't know it's real. I don't know any of those senators that I would want to task with any leadership position. I don't know why we're going to allow this thing to be framed as who could be the next president out of these guys. That's who we should make the leader. Um, I don't know. I have no reason to trust any of these GOP senators. I I think that everything has to, uh, Come out in the wash through the rest of this year, through this election cycle, whatever that is. I wouldn't want to commit to any of these people in either of these houses or anyone anywhere until we see how this year goes down. I trust uh, that Donald Trump is pursuing the proper agenda based on the will of the people. And I do not extend that to absolutely anyone else.
3: Yeah, I forgot about J.D. Vance and he was mentioned in that article as somebody not not as a contender, but as somebody that's saying, oh, yeah, I don't have an opinion on any of these Johns uh, and nobody's really given an opinion yet. So that's that's interesting. It's almost as if they're waiting for Trump to chime in and uh, and see who he picks. But I mean, that's a great point. Holly and J.D. Vance, two young young guys, you know, pretty much American first. Holly's been great in, in a lot of the hearings. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know too much about his actual record, but in the hearings, he's, you know, put the the screws to some of these people. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. All right. Let's jump into this story here from another one from Epic Times. Judge gives Trump lifeline in New York fraud case. Uh, Nothing too much on this. We, We talked about this yesterday, how Trump will not be able to secure a loan. Well, that wasn't entirely true. Uh, It says the judge handed down an interim stay on the order that blocked the defendants from applying for loans from any financial institution charged and registered in the state of New York. So in other words, he will be able to uh, get a loan from New York while Uh, this appeals is going down. It says uh, the judge noted later that a bond would still cost Trump, excuse me, this is Jonathan Turley who said this. Jonathan Turley said, quote, a bond would still cost Trump a considerable amount even if he prevails in the appeal. Meanwhile, he faces other problems because he faces another payment for his appeal in a separate case involving writer E. Jean Carroll. Quote, the problem with a full deposit demand Is that there's a limited time remaining and the added 90 million for the carroll case appeal is not clear if or how trump can collateralize his property for a loan to avoid a distressed price sale of properties and so uh again just another weaponized court decision that's trying to bleed trump of his time but most importantly his money and some of his uh assets in new york state so
0: yeah i guess I guess the good thing is that Letitia James can't just go around stealing his buildings like she wants to.
3: Right. Did you see uh, yesterday we covered a a case with Letitia James where um, she's suing uh, a meat processing company, JBS, based in Colorado, suing them in New York because they did not meet their climate change quotas or their, you know, whatever it was that, I mean, look.
0: And wait a second, hold on. Let me understand this. Um, Because all I saw was like the headline or that that tweet that she wrote. So is she saying that like because their actions in Colorado affect the climate that they
3: can be sued in New York? Well, I, I think she's saying that they defrauded New York citizens by putting on their website that they will be climate friendly, whatever net zero, whatever the bleep they're calling it now they'll be that by 2040. And she's saying that that's not true. Also, their are deforestation, uh, deforesterizing, I made that word up, uh, you know, and, and, and all this. It's insane. So she's using the fact that they're in Colorado, but they do business with people in New York. So, I mean, if that's allowed to go through, the whole standing shit is out the window. I can well. sue now anywhere. Yeah, and there's
0: already um and that issue is coming into the fore this week with the Douglas Mackey case as well. Because um, as I understand it, one of the issues there was that they had standing that what's being contested now is the standing in that case because they prosecuted him in New York on the basis that something posted on the internet could be seen by people in New York. So therefore he is uh spreading disinformation to the people of New York and that gives New York standing. So that seems like it'll be overturned too. I mean this stuff is crazy, but this is exactly what yeah thanks Ash. This is no, exactly that's not what nice. I said. Yeah. So I mean I think that this standing stuff is gonna come up uh and we're gonna get some decisions on that. You know one thing that I always try to remember on my show is that uh, we need the lines to be painted on the field, right? Put all the rules in place. Let's have these discussions in public so that even the uh, standard issue villagers out there know what the rules are. They're gonna they're gonna have thought about standing and what this means based on these cases coming up and becoming coming viral public stories. Hopefully people will remember where they stood on these issues for when they come back around on the other side. I'm happy to contest these communists on any playing field under whatever rules they choose. They are incompetent. They can be beaten anywhere, not only in their actual power, but in their messaging and every other domain. So I'm not scared of that stuff. I want the lines to be painted on the field so that we can all agree on what the rules are and then. Let's uh, let's play ball. Yep,
3: and that, it's it's crazy. We'll get into the 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 Trump uh, D.C. case here in a minute, but it's crazy how much they don't understand what what's actually coming as a result of a lot of these cases, you know. And we'll we'll, we'll get into this a little bit thicker uh, when we get to that part. But let's talk about this case here or this story here from Red State. An exclusive location of Fannie Willis's campaign office is another link to DNC operatives. You guys remember what I told you yesterday when uh, when Ash and I were reading through the text messages and I said this information didn't come from Fannie, uh Nathan Wade's law, uh, divorce lawsuit because that was sealed. It didn't come from there. Well, this is a, a little interesting connection here. It says there are already documented links between Fannie Willis's office and the highest level of the Democrat National Committee and the White House first reported by Red State on January 10th with DNC member Pahlavi Perkayasatha. I think I said that Perkayastha. wow I was really close on that word on that name uh, serving as a spokesperson and top Biden Harris media consultant Jeff DeSantis serving as Willis's top strategist and fixer over the last few weeks disturbing coordination between former Georgia Governor Roy Barnes DeSantis and Willis related to the hiring of Nathan Wade as a special prosecutor have emerged and now it's been learned that Willis's campaign shares an office with Wade's attorney, Andrew Evans, and one of Georgia's top Democrats. So a lot of people were telling me when I said who leaked this, a lot of people were saying Wade's attorney, which originally I think it was Terrence Bradley, uh, but I guess he also had other attorneys in this. It says another entity doing business at that same address is Fulton County's DA, Fannie Willis campaign. Willis uses an incorrect zip code on her campaign forms and omitted Northeast. I wonder why she would do that. Why do you think somebody would do that, Chris? omit the actual zip code and the word northeast maybe so when you do a google map search it doesn't show where the actual property is mm. you know it's kind of like the red belly road chris jersky discovery and the in the voter rolls where it doesn't exist. oh you haven't seen red belly road no no, no. Oh, man, you got to go back and watch that why we vote right, cool. yeah uh it says the the correct zip code is thirty thirty eight thirty. 308 visible in the Google Maps screenshot at the address are shingles for Evans Law LLC and Cook and Connolly. It goes on to say Charles Bailey, Charlie Bailey, the Georgia Democrats 2022 Lieutenant Governor nominee is an attorney with the firm of Cook and Connolly, which is also housed at the address. Bailey's wife, Palavi, is one of 7 DNC members from Georgia and also works as a spokesperson for Willis. Bailey is also known because he is the candidate that Willis had held a fundraiser for in 2022, while at the same time investigating his Republican opponent, and so there's not a whole lot of like you know breaking news other than the coincidence that they're housing their office in the same office as Wade's attorney and the DNC operative's attorney. This is like a cesspool. This building would be fascinating to be a fly on the wall in to see you know what kind of discussions are had in this building. But again, this is a case where I think this I I I firmly believe whoever is pushing the defense to go this direction with the Fannie Willis thing is intentionally trying to destroy this case.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that uh, at least from the Fannie perspective, there is a takedown of her. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I did an episode on it called Toast. It seems to me that Fannie Willis is getting heat from both sides. and this all seems like an info-op to me at this point, the idea that things are being released to Megyn Kelly as if she is the breaker of news, that's well, Halloway. At
3: it. Phil Halloway. At it?
0: To be fair, it came from Phil Halloway. Sure, I understand. I'm not calling it fake or anything. And I'm not saying Fanny didn't do all of these things that she's now being accused of. I'm saying that the people who placed Fanny in this position in the first place have decided to uh, cut- strings on Fannie Willis and maybe she will be replaced with someone else. And that'll be a big uh, hype moment for them that we're told breathes new life into this case, or maybe the case will be dismissed. But this is the case that Donald Trump said, you know, we're going to show evidence of election fraud in this case. From the very beginning, this case has been a mess. You know, I think we discussed this two weeks ago, so I don't want to hash it all out again, But you remember how we had a false start on the release of this indictment. It was posted on the court's website in the morning. Then they tried to say that wasn't it. They took it down because there was going to be a big primetime television show with Fannie Willis in the courtroom, just like we've seen with the Engeron stuff like these ridiculous fake courtroom dramas. Um, So this thing has been so weird from the beginning to now see a two sided effort. In the mainstream to take Fonny Willis down, you got to expect there is another shoot-a-drop after that. It's not just going to be Fonny Willis goes away, the case is dismissed, hooray, Trump's not uh, going to be imprisoned with this ridiculous fake indictment.
3: Yep, and uh, we will be, as far as I know, we will be streaming that today. Ash, you can confirm if if you have yet that the hearing is today at one p.m. That's what they announced uh, the last time we streamed it. So we will have that on Badlands. Uh, we'll probably start about 15 minutes early. The hearing is at 1 p.m. Uh, you know, like I said, we'll start a little bit early. Me and I think uh, Ash and Gordon, I think, are going to be on that. Um, so uh, another marathon day for me over here because then we got why we voted 7:30. But uh, you know the things we got to do to save this country, right? Uh, <laughs> let's jump into this story here from ABC News. Judge blocks Texas law that gives police broad powers to arrest migrants who illegally enter the U.S. A federal judge and just. This federal judge has it out for Texas, man, a federal judge on Thursday blocked a new Texas law that would give police broad powers to arrest migrants suspected of illegally entering the U.S. U.S. District Court Judge David Ezra preliminary injunction pausing a law that was set to go into take effect on March 5th. That's Senate Bill four, which gives you know Texas Department of Public Safety the authority to arrest illegal migrants says the state attorney general's office immediately appealed the ruling the ruling rebuked texas immigration enforcement effort on multiple fronts brushing off claims by republicans about an ongoing quote-unquote invasion along the southern border due to record high illegal crossings ezra also said the law violates the constitution's supremacy clause conflicts with federal immigration law and could hamper u.s foreign relations and treaty obligations (laughs) It is the second time in six months that Ezra has stopped one of Abbott's border escalations, having also ruled against the floating barrier that Texas erected in the Rio Grande. Uh, Before we get into the, the, the previous laws that were cited in this case, I mean, what else do you call this when you have record high immigration month after month after month, year after year? You have massive record breaking deaths from fentanyl overdoses, which is pouring through the border. You have, you know, people like Lake and Riley who were just murdered by one of these migrants. We have, uh, you know, sexual abuse of minors cases. I I can't even cover them all. There's so many of them. What else do you call this? And how are you going to cite the supremacy clause when the U.S. Constitution get, mandates that the federal government secure the borders? What the hell is this judge thinking?
0: I mean, I can't answer that question. Again, the the perspective that I try to keep this stuff in is let's get these legal issues settled. Bad decisions at this level can be dealt with, you know, the appeals process. Let's let it work through. Let's get it up to the Supreme court. Let's get all of this stuff decided on the basis of the constitution, the original constitution, the constitution of the Republic. And If we have justices at the Supreme Court level doing that consistently, and I'm not sure that we do, by the way, but if we do, then these problems at lower level courts don't uh, bother me as much. You know, there's there's all of these problems are fixable once we can have things like accountability and money that cannot be uh, that cannot have its value changed by the people at the top that cannot be used to. Uh, corrupt and manipulate not only politicians, but uh, corporations, entire organizations, entire countries, entire foreign countries. I mean, this has been the system of authority in this world for a century now, truthfully much longer, but we're working to make that go away. When that goes away, problems like this become much more easily solvable, but we're talking about uh, a global network of migration meant to destabilize countries, move people around the world to where they can be used and exploited. And they're not right. just going to give that system away. So any element of their system that uh, illustrates the the infiltration is going to side with that system. And, you know, I'm not casting aspersions on this judge. I don't know anything about him. But uh, I expect we're going to continue to see
3: stuff like this until we don't i know he's made uh two incredibly globalist world economic forum-esque decisions here in stopping a state from protecting their own sovereign borders from an invasion that's costing them billions of dollars uh per year uh it goes on to say the article says a 2010 arizona law that opponents derided as the show me your papers bill was the you know kind of the basis of this decision the u.s supreme court partially struck down that arizona 2010 law Ezra wrote that the Texas law was preempted by that decision in the Arizona case, adding that the two laws had, quote unquote, striking similarities. He also struck down state officials claims that large number of illegal border crossings constitute an invasion, saying calling it such is a novel interpretation of the Constitution's invasion clause and that allowing the law to stand would be permitting the state to engage in war. Civil rights groups who sued the state have argued that if the law is allowed to stand, the law Senate Bill 4 could lead to civil rights violation and racial profiling. Under the rejected law, state law enforcement officers could arrest people suspected of entering the country illegally. Once in custody, they could agree to a Texas judge's order to leave the country or face a misdemeanor charge for entering the U.S. illegally migrants who don't leave after being ordered to do so could be arrested again and charged with a more serious felony so it sounds like they're basing this kind of off the concept of stop and frisk that was deemed unconstitutional up in new york where and i believe that was a joe biden law wasn't it wasn't that part of the 1994 crime bill stop and frisk gosh i don't know i think it was but anyways stop and frisk is a little bit different than um you know this bill here so first off first and foremost and stop and frisk your invasion invading on the fourth amendment rights of of what's presumably and probably a majority u.s citizens just randomly stopping them what texas is trying to do is literally send people down to the border watch them come across the border and then arrest them or you know you get pulled over and you don't have a driver's license okay you don't have a driver's license now you're going to be detained we have to figure out who you are all this other stuff and we find out you're an illegal immigrant you're going to be charged. It's not meaning that Texas DPS is going to walk down the street and say, "Hey, you look a little too brown. Let me see your papers." It's it's absurd to think that. But these are what these civil rights groups do. They're nothing more than I mean, obviously we know they're they're uh, you know fifth pul- pillars of of the federal government to do their bidding that the Constitution forbids them from doing. But I, this is just absurd, man. But hey, I, I got my favorite. Qu- well, go ahead. I'll let you comment on that, and we'll play my favorite quote here. Probably no, no, you go ahead. no, no. no, It's just, it, it, we'll play it at a more appropriate time. Good. No, I wasn't even going to say anything. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's carry on then to the border. Cause yesterday, uh, you know, Joe and, 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 uh, and president Trump went down to the border. Uh, we talked yesterday about them going down, how Trump went to Eagle pass where there's a, you know, a, a plethora of illegals crossing through. And Joe Biden went down to Brownsville where there's like 34, I think was the number we saw, you know, we're talking about like 1,200 in the last month compared to thirty. Now you actually did drop out. Brian, can't hear
0: you. Are you on mute? Maybe I'm on mute. Hey guys, in the chat, press one if you can hear Brian and press two if you can hear me.
3: Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Oh, just as just as I was about to turn it off again, what happened? No, I don't want to shut it down. Anyways, no, my something surged. I gotta, I gotta figure out what keeps surging here. Everybody's pressing two. Why is everybody pressing yeah. two? Well, you oh, wouldn't have audio. heard me.
0: I said, I said, guys, please press one if you can hear CanCon and two if you can hear me.
3: Oh, okay. To yeah, it, no, it's it was you. That's yeah, that's what I kind of took a, a hit on earlier. So anyways, what I was showing you is is um these cards, the note cards. Joe Biden can't do anything without note cards. You know, Donald Trump will go up there. He he did that black conservative foundation in South Carolina. He did that whole speech without a teleprompter. I don't know if you caught that when he was speaking and he said the teleprompter's not working. So I'm just winging it. And he went out there and did an hour long not- speech. No, Donald Trump did. Oh, I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Sorry, I was catching up with the chat, making sure we were good there. No, Joe Biden, Joe Biden can't even talk to the press for like 30 seconds without note cards.
0: I would love to hear Joe Biden talk for an hour, especially if you gave that dude like some, uh, well, obviously, you know, his, his normal dosage of Adderall or cocaine or whatever it is. Um, and then, uh, just maybe some LSD or, uh, or, or, or some other psychedelic and just let, let Joe go and see what kind of crazy shit comes out of that corrupt old perverts mouth
3: well I I would love to see you know uh, he did sit down with 60 Minutes remember that when he sat down with 60 Minutes and they asked him about defending Taiwan and they literally as he's answering the question they dubbed over the White House saying that the White House does not stand with this position I still I still to this day cannot understand how that's still not front page news like every day that should be front page news who is really running the white house when the white house comes over the president quote unquote president and says that's not our official stance he is your official stance what he says goes he is the unequivocal leader of that the white house allegedly you know what I'm getting at in their minds he is the the unequivocal leader and you know with plenary power over just about everything that the administration says so I, I just thought that was fascinating but anyway so we played the note cards right we had the note cards there and then just check out this clip right here
2: which takes a lot more to go out to the communities and have to find these individuals and arrest them and the there's the note card and bring them back into custody which makes it more dangerous for not
1: only me for the non-citizen and the public at large okay what, what's the- better way to take on these cartels well sir uh katrina Berger, uh on the ead for hsi homeland security investigations we i knew talk- that i'm sorry but, they didn't, but i'm glad you said it. i should have said you we talked
3: <laughs> so he gets a question he's talking to the, the the guy with the police ero shirt ignoring everything he said like it would have been epic if that guy was like mr president what did i just say to you no, and he'd no. have been like uh ice cream chocolate chip and then he turns around and he asks this woman. He's supposed to introduce her first. I'm sure it's on his card, like introduce her. They've been prepped and briefed on what he's gonna say and do and to introduce himself. And he reads the question from the card. And then he's like, Oh, oh, yep. That was right here on the card. I missed that part right there. This is crazy, man. This guy yeah. is not good. the
0: uh the moments where he's just kind of um just thousand yard stare into the void with people around him. He has no idea what's even happening. It's, it's incredible to witness. There's it, it's mind boggling to me that even the most committed communists are still pretending like who do these people on television think they're fooling? That's, that's the amazing thing to me. They don't care though,
3: Chris. As I, I guess long they as- don't. I guess they don't as long as they can convince a, a small minority of their base that what they say about Joe Biden is true, and as long as they continue to go out there on social media and, and argue and push back ever so slightly, uh, they, they control the narrative, or they think they control the narrative, and to tell you the truth, they do because they control the elections. And so as long as you control the elections, it doesn't matter if people believe the narrative or not. They're not going to be able to change that narrative in any way, shape, or form.
0: Well, that's really the crux of the issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I talk about on my show how, like, if if elections are not actually si- decided by a legitimate count of the votes, then how are they decided? And the answer is they're decided in the narrative. What will the country believe if we hit eighty percent, eighty five percent? Which, by the way, I don't think is impossible for MAGA to hit. If not this year, then By this time next year, I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible to have that much of the country unify this reality when they understand what's been done to them and what's been done in their name. And at that point, it will not be possible to declare Joe Biden a winner or to pretend that these ridiculous Senate candidates that Democrats put up have won elections in states like Pennsylvania you know, yep. or in with John Fetterman or Raphael Warnock in Georgia or Katie Hobbs as a governor in Arizona. No one will believe those things if it's clear to everyone that everyone else also knows our elections have been stolen and everything else our government tells us is a lie. And by the way, this whole thing has been a coup and has been treason against, uh, against the Constitution and, of course, the coup against Donald Trump. So- you know, there is a truth out there that is confronting people and drawing ever closer to them actually believing it. When we hit those big numbers, there's not going to be any way for them to steal an election with voting machines or with election reporting or with changing laws or with any with anything else, because no one's going to believe it no matter what. If you're told
3: Joe Biden gets 100 million votes, nobody's going to believe it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the 85% number is obtainable. Given the, Maybe. the given the the atmosphere with the media, that's the only thing that's that's a deterrent from that. When you have ninety three percent negative coverage of the man, it's there are people that are going to be um, you know indefinitely brainwashed until that disappears. So I I think more than fifty percent is way achievable. In fact, I think this will be the first election uh, where where Donald Trump is going to get the majority of the popular vote. Even though I, I still I, I don't think they'll be able to. Uh, Circumvent it nationwide you know they're gonna have to focus on just like they did in 2020 maybe you know six seven eight uh particular locations in particular states strategically selected but in terms of the whole nation i i think that uh trump will probably take the popular vote you know it'd well, be really epic i just thought of this if trump won the popular vote and the states that are in the not national popular vote agreement or whatever the hell that thing's called like california had to had to assign their 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 uh had to sign their uh electors to Donald Trump imagine if that happened that would be hilarious
0: um I would just say that uh Donald Trump won the popular vote in 2020 you know we don't have a problem winning elections if the elections are legitimate we yeah. have enough voters we have enough Trump supporters we have enough people waken uh awakened, to the reality that the government is corrupt and has been for a long time. So I don't worry about that thing. I worry about whether or not we have legitimate elections. And so I try to approach things from that direction. Trump even said himself in his CPAC speech the other day that if God came down to count the votes, that he would win California. And I totally believe that. I think he probably won California in 2020. California has millions upon millions of fake votes. That's just the way California is. And they think all those votes are real votes and all those votes should count because they generated them from people in nursing homes and illegal aliens and dead people, whoever's on their rolls. They all get uh, ballots and all those ballots will be collected and cast and counted. And they think because they were able to generate those ballots, that means they won the election as if it is just party apparatus trying to steal an election versus the other party's apparatus trying to steal elections. And from their perspective, that actually is what elections are.
3: Yep, um, Ash brings up the popular vote, which ironically, we're, we're on a 20 second delay. So she typed that as I was saying it, which means that uh, we, we had that same idea, you know, permeating through our brains right there, that California could have to be forced to hand their electors over to Donald Trump if he wins the popular vote, that's epic. Uh, let's play this clip right here. This is Joe Biden finally being pressed about Lake and Riley, the, the Athens uh, woman, the 22 year-old that was murdered by a illegal that was uh, let go under uh, you know, his policies.
1: <laughs>
3: and just walk away.
0: Mr. President, do you bear any responsibility for Lake and Riley's death?
3: He doesn't even turn around scumbag all right let's keep moving through uh after the border visit we're just breeze through these real quick uh national border patrol union put out a couple posts attention president biden keep your name keep our name out of your mouth today that's pretty uh that's pretty <laughs> harsh right there but whatever then did they had this malcolm tweet out. response there no no what do you say malcolm nance maybe just maybe he should pull a ronald reagan and fire you all and rebuild the border patrol from the ground up as a professional Does he not know that the union's not a federal agency and he can't fire them? Does Malcolm Nance not know that? Like, seriously? I I feel like I need to comment that. Like, go back to Ukraine, dude. Go put put on your flak jacket and go back over to Ukraine and pretend to play war again. Oh, my goodness. That dude's dude's such a shill. Uh, They also said, President Trump treats Border Patrol agents with respect, supports their mission, and listens to their ideas. Biden falsely accuses agents of crimes, burn the border to the ground, and only listens to this radical leftist base. See the difference. And then lastly, they put this tweet out right here. We're just experiencing the tip of the iceberg with illegal crime in this country. When Joe Biden's Titanic capsizes, you're going to see the real damage. He's done over the last three years woo! all
2: right
3: let me get that cleaned up all right now let's go ahead and uh I, my listeners are gonna love this let's put our tinfoil hats on for just a second here and i i gave chris a little warning that we were gonna do this so there was a uh the, you, we, we know there were fires in um in texas there were fires and uh, you know i saw somebody tweeted out that they got some snow up there and it kind of held back the fires a little bit. So thank God for that. Um, I wanna play this clip right here that I saw on on Twitter this morning. Again, we're putting on conspiracy hats, guys. Take this with a grain of salt. But this is, uh, let's get it pulled up here. This is apparently some strange green laser that was seen. And we don't even know the location. So again, take this with a grain of salt. I think it was coming from Jewish space. (laughs) Jewish space (laughs) lasers. (laughs) (laughs) But this is weird, man you've got these, these lightning strikes or whatever it is. And you've got this green laser just yeah, capturing looks, like a, uh,
0: looks like a Travis Scott concert. That, what are they trying to
3: hit there on the ground? No idea. No idea. But it's interesting because if you recall, this was from February of last year when we had this picked up in Hawaii. All right. They had the fires out there in Hawaii. Right. It says experts believe that a Chinese satellite fired down green laser beams that were spotted over Hawaii last month amid growing tensions between the U.S. and China after several foreign objects, including a Chinese spy balloon, have breached U.S. airspace. This was a week. This was right at the same time as the uh, as the the balloon. Didn't didn't we just have another Chinese balloon, allegedly, that was flying over the country in Colorado or something? It was
0: weird. Sky, sky circle.
3: Yeah. Sky circles reappeared. We missed you on Twitter when the sky circles reappeared. <laughs> anyways it goes on to say noaj issued a correction on their video stating that quote the most likely candidate was the chinese DAC one aems satellite after the isis ice sat 2 team ran a simulation of satellite trajectories okay whatever it was then we get this from yesterday when joe was in texas talking and this is going to have the conspiracy theorists going absolutely nuts check this out
1: because a lot of if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground you'll see in the midst of 20 homes that are just totally destroyed one home sitting there because they had the right roof on it and anyway since i took office, she femas provided texas alone
3: conspiracy theorists are going to go rampant and rightfully so you know we we saw the hawaii imagery where anything blue seemed to survive the flames you had blue umbrellas umbrellas canvas umbrellas highly flammable that remained at a, at a resort when everything around it was burnt to a crisp you had blue cars that somehow managed to get through we saw the video of a guy taking a laser and going down pieces of paper and the blue one you know was exempt from catching on fire and now you've got the fires in Texas and Joe Biden saying out of 20 houses that burned down one house is perfectly intact because it had the right kind of roof what roof prevents a fire on the ground from burning your house down? Please explain that to me, Joe. Especially
0: one caused by climate change.
3: <laughs> oh, did everybody have fun with the uh the little conspiracy segment right there? Dude,
0: I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait until the payoff of some of these uh, narrative through lines that have not been closed. There's no way we're at the end of this story. There's no way at the end of all the fire stories, we're going to find out that, yup, it was just a, a cigarette somebody threw out of their
3: car on a dry day. Uh, we mentioned conspiracy theorists and the bots came flying back in here. Watch it. If I say CIA, they tend to really like that word. Really? Oh yeah, they love CIA, man. We've had a lot of them. Mel Gibson is, he's he's popping out videos at the cyclic rate according to these clowns.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should. Yeah.
3: Anyways, if you guys actually go uh, through uh, that tweet, and again, take it with a grain of salt, folks. It's just it's it's a video on Twitter. Joe Biden made a comment that that just was interesting about it. Uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. We're just having a little bit of fun. It's Friday, right? Let's let's pop our collars and and have some fun. Is that a thing, popping your collar still?
0: Uh, it's a little hoodie, but yeah, yeah. Wasn't that um, Yeah, man, it's information among other information. What we have right now is a video of green lasers and Joe Biden saying something that uh, is exactly the same thing that people were being called conspiracy theorists on the Internet for five months ago. So now is Joe Biden misspeaking? Maybe. Is he saying something and we're misinterpreting him? Maybe. Are those lasers doing something totally innocuous? Or is the video of those lasers fake? Maybe and maybe. But once you understand all that, we still have videos of lasers and Joe talking about houses not burning down because they didn't have the right or because they had the right
3: roofs on them. We, we have videos of lasers that correlate with Chinese sky circles flying over our country that uh you know there 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 are uh china what is it the it's like the chinese i i'm gonna say there's a group out there that's saying that the chinese have thousands of these spy balloons and not only are they capable of you know surveillance and that type of stuff but they're capable of waging kinetic war as well carrying weapons payloads and stuff like that uh so you know the the fact that we're even letting them get over u.s airspace is is crazy but uh then again like i said you have these green lasers correlating with 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 the sky circles then you have joe talking about the roof after a fire just burned down you know a portion of texas uh-huh. and then you have the same thing in 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 hawaii where if you were blue somehow the fire didn't affect you conspiracy theories sure whatever you want to say but until there's answers I mean, let's keep it going, right?
0: This is all after years and years of California fires that people do not believe were started in any natural way or continued in any natural way. So, man, the Malibu fires, that's not some small issue Uh, a few years ago. That's, you know, obviously when I was in Southern California, I had friends going out to, uh, to help residents in Malibu, friends that had grown up in Malibu who were going to help their communities During those fires, there's a whole lot of fires that go unexplained. What might even be more interesting than the possibility of these fires being set by laser activity from space is just the realization that look at how they are making energy travel. Right. Can they catch that energy in something else on the ground and then be transmitting energy from space to the ground? And it turns out that they can do that. Uh General, General uh, Quast and I had a conversation about exactly that at the last GART, and there are indications that an energy infrastructure is being built to take advantage of something like that. You know, sky circles might just well be satellites. There's a lot of stuff going on in the sky right now, and we don't have a very clear picture of what it all is and what it all means but to dismiss it all as conspiracy theories, and I'm not obviously saying that you're doing that, um, but the general public is, and that's crazy.
3: <laughs> we got Kate in the chat says, is there any proof of any of those houses actually having blue roofs? Everything I saw on it was fake AF. Uh, I sure as hell don't know. I it, it doesn't have to be blue roofs. Like what if they have, like you have roofs now that reflect heat, right? So what if what if your roof reflects heat and that somehow allows it to reflect the lasers what would, be the defle- 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 what would be the chance of joe biden knowing that i mean all joe biden knows is that they had the right roof and i mean that's what he said like why would you say they have the right roof somebody prompted him with that he was told when he was touring this he probably flew over it on on air force one and, and was looking down there like joe, george bush looking at katrina victims from you know 1200 feet up because he won't land there like a piece of crap that he is. They're flying over North Texas and they say, Hey, sir, you see all that down there? And he's like, wow, why is that one house still standing? Oh, they had the right roof. You know, their roof was equipped with blah, 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 blah. And that's what Joe Biden says. He gets up there and he blurts that out, realizes he said something he shouldn't have said. And he's like, well, anyways, he does, you know, his anyways. So I I don't know, man. Like, like I said, we're just having fun with this. It's Friday. I want to have some fun. And so because of that, I'm going to play this clip right here.
1: I physically held a key that opened every single door in the facility. I had complete access to every compartment they manufactured. What are you blowing the whistle on? That there are technologies at the South Pole Station that people can't even consider that exist on this planet. Directed energy weapons systems is something that people need to get in their vocabulary fast. The ice cube Neutrino Detector is not simply a passive listening device as presented for the science that they're claiming it to do. It also has the capacity to transmit there are embedded in the ice what are called digital optical modules doms they're about the size of a basketball the array embedded in the ice is one kilometer by one kilometer by one kilometer it is the world's largest telescope and now because we have proven that it can transmit it's the world's largest directed energy weapons system it is responsible for the earthquakes in christchurch new zealand
3: pretty interesting uh it it sounds like at the end there he basically said the earth is now the death star we've got a massive direct energy laser weapon in the south pole we are the death star let's blow planets up
0: all right i'm very into that uh let's make sure that we let the audio only audience know that that is actually from the sean ryan podcast so that's not like some weird conspiracy hole there sean ryan Uh, Did a series, well, not a series of three interviews, but he released a very long interview with uh, former acting secretary of defense, Chris Miller, um, probably four or five hours worth of conversation between the two of them. Intensely interesting. He gets a lot of great guests. Uh, He has a great show. Good for him. Um, And a serious show. So I will be uh, absolutely listening to this episode at some point later today. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Sean Ryan also interviewed, um, I can't remember which Trump attorney that, uh, left the case and he did a two part with him as well. And that was fascinating to hear some of the inside perspective of Trump's case. And you know, in that, in that, in that podcast there, he calls out, um, uh, Boris Epstein calls him out really, and says that he was destroying the case because he's a TV attorney or something like, I think he called him a TV, a TV lawyer. You know he's never tried a case you know he's not he's not a, a litigator or anything like that and it was a fascinating interview so yeah that's from sean ryan that's that's not like like you said that's not you know some tinfoil tinfoil uh a show there but anyways let's uh we'll move on to uh some more normie news because people are gonna start thinking that something's going on here if i start talking about stuff like that but anyways let's uh jump into our next two sponsors all right are you concerned about the six trillion with a T, dollars at stake in the upcoming 2024 election, the Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax tax cuts while Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive tr- $6 trillion gap. But fear not, there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join the thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit badlandsgold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry, supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial futures to chance. Act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at badlandsgold.com and take control of your financial destiny. All right, and then we've got another This isn't gold or silver. This is just metal. Yeah, metal. Attention, Badlanders. In the heart of Malmo, Minnesota, a remarkable family-led team at Beamish Metalworks is creating not just metal art, but personalized, timeless masterpieces. Beamish Metalworks is in a class of its own, pioneering metal on wood creations. Imagine a piece of art that's not confined by generic design, but is a narrative of your persona, your memories, or your dreams. From the elegance of an office centerpiece to the wild spirit of hunting and fishing scenes, your imagination is the only limit. Dive into the realm of endless possibilities with Beamish customization, where your space becomes a a reflection of you with a distinct vibe that only Beamish Metalworks can offer. Beamish Metalworks proudly supports local heroes and events from veteran fundraiser to law enforcement gatherings, embedding ourselves as a pillar of support and gratitude. Visit visit Beamish Metalworks today at badlandsmedia.tv slash metal art and use promo code badlands for 10% off your one of a kind purchase. Again, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash metal art and use promo code badlands. All right. You're ready to get back into this? I can't wait to get my Beamish oh my metal art. Uh, I got the the Badlands logo coming. I'll be. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I'm going to maybe. I'm. I'll figure it out. All right, let's jump into this story here. uh From the Federalist, Los Angeles hires and arms foreign criminals to police U.S. citizens. Now, this was a law we talked about last year, and it's now come to fruition. The Los Angeles Police Department is hiring illegal border crossers with the deferred action childhood arrival status and equipping them with guns to police American citizens in California. In 2022, the Democrat legislature passed the law authorizing any of the hundreds of thousands of illegal border crossers, including DACA recipients, who obtain work authorization to join police forces across the state. While some cities like Sacramento refuse to hire illegal border crossers due to concerns about gun law violations, LAPD handed jobs and firearms to nearly a dozen DACA aliens. Captain Robin Petillo told Cal Matters these illegal border crossers will, quote, possess department issued firearms on and off duty, end quote. The department also plans to give jobs to illegally present foreigners who are currently in police training. The 1968 Gun Control Act, passed by a Democrat trifecta, also prohibits illegally present foreign citizens. From possessing firearms and ammunition. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in 2017 that DACA did not exempt illegal border crossers from that gun law. However, an exception to the 1968 law allows for illegal border crossers to possess guns, quote, for the use of the United States or any department or agency thereof or any state or any department, agency, or political subdivision thereof. That means this federal provision technically provides any local or state government office, even if they don't have a law like California's, to arm illegal border crossers. So you can't have guns in California. Remember, my co-host on SITREP, Alfredo Luna, is facing criminal charges for the last two years, costing him over a quarter of a million dollars and he owned the firearm legally he has the paperwork on the firearm and it, it's this is this is absurd man they're arming illegal aliens and they they look at the provision in that law that last sentence right there that they don't it, it they don't have to be law enforcement officials the government agencies can say illegals can now have guns and there's a carve out for them to be able to do that absurd these
0: this system of laws is ridiculous the constitution says shall not be infringed the fact that papers are even required for the possession or ownership of a gun is a uh, a violation it, according to
3: that it's that simple this is this yep. is also stupid i can't well, wait these, till this is all gone well these rights uh, the, the constitutional rights they don't all apply uh to people that are here illegally So they don't, you know, they don't have the right to bear arms like, like we do. And I'll tell you what, man, I know that you just picked up that Our Secret Constitution book
0: by George Fletcher. Fletcher actually argues that all of those rights do extend to anyone here as well.
3: Well, uh, let me bring that article back up because they, they address that. And I, I I haven't gotten it yet. I had to order it because my bookstore didn't have it. So I ordered it, but, um, I'm looking forward to reading that. I'm reading big Intel right now, which is, which is pretty good, um, but let me see, there was a, a thing here about that. Uh, it says, um, the Second Amendment states it is the right of the people to keep and bear arms. The people, according to American court precedent, refers to US citizens only. So I don't know if it's specifically to the Second Amendment that there's a, a court precedent. I could click on that real quick since we're you know kind of having a- uh, Certainly this is
0: an active debate. I'm saying from the perspective of people like George Fletcher And those who believe that a second constitution was implemented with the reconstruction amendments, he would argue that those rights, that rights granted to uh, citizens of the United States, the people do actually extend. It's, I mean, it's one of those arguments that in principle is interesting, you know, if, if. If the rights are here, like there are certainly rights that we would not want to see taken away from any person who was here regardless. And it's not about them necessarily being here. It's about what is our responsibility to people who are here in this country, whether or not they are citizens. Is there uh, a certain set of rights that would absolutely be granted to those people, too? And the answer to that question is obviously yes. Yes. So then, it's just a matter of uh, extent under those terms. So, I mean, there's well, be,
3: there's a debate there. Yeah, the interesting thing, I mean, the Second Amendment technically is the only amendment that deals with a tangible object. You know, no other amendment deals with something tangible that you 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 would buy. Mm-hmm. The right to bear, bear arms. Mm-hmm. You know, free speech. You know, search and seizure, due process. Everything else. The Second Amendment is the only the only amendment that has uh something to do well in the Bill of Rights at least I I I can't speak for you know the other 25 but um or 15. um it's the only one that deals with something that you would physically purchase and so I I'd I'd be interested man when we get when I get through that uh secret Constitution we'll have to do a a show together on that um Mm. and talk about that but let's keep moving here uh from Breitbart Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin testifies it is common to go days without speaking to Biden they should have asked him, do you speak to Obama? Uh, anyways, quote, <laughs> is it <laughs> I'd more interested to see if he speaks to Trump. Fascinating. Uh I dude, Lloyd Austin, I don't know, man. I, I that'd be I it uh it Very says curious. here, quote, well, so so Lloyd Austin was hauled in front of Congress yesterday. Uh he sat there for a couple hours. And um, during that questioning, Jim Banks asked him, "Quote: Is it typical that the president would go three days without talking to his Secretary of Defense? Do you usually go days without talking to the Commander in Chief?" And I, I mean, I can already answer that. They do a daily brief, like every morning. There's supposed to be a brief where you, you know, are now maybe this the the, the Secretary of Defense can substitute a secretary, a deputy secretary or you know maybe a point man or something but i'm pretty sure i read that in in patel's book that there were daily briefings you know they're supposed to be daily briefings with uh you know a lot of these major cabinet members but anyways reading on it says quote i mean that can happen austin responded it depends on whether or not the president's on travel or if i'm on travel there are times when we'd go days without direct communication banks then asked so the big issue from me here is that either the president Is that aloof or you're irrelevant? (laughs) Which one is it? And Austin claimed neither. The president is not aloof and I am. I participate in all of the critical decision-making process. House Armed Service Committee Chairman Mike Rogers then said, quote, well, not then, but in the hearing said, quote, Wars were raging in Ukraine and Israel. Our ships were under fire in the Red Sea. Our bases were bracing for attack in Syria and Iraq. But the commander-in-chief did not know that his secretary of defense was out of action and i'm going to add for three days he says quote "Uh, i find it very concerning that the secretary could be hospitalized for three days without anyone else in the administration even noticing that suggests secretary austin's advice is not sought or heeded in the white house even while the military operations were ongoing in the middle east it also implies that the white house uh politicals not seasoned defense professionals are in the driver's seat on matters of national security, which is very disturbing. So pretty interesting with Mike Rogers there. You're muted.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of Rogers' comments there. First, I think that there is um, a logical mistake he's making. Uh, The idea that it's Austin's counsel that is not heeded by the Biden administration may be true. It also may be true that nobody needs Joe Biden's input on any exactly. of these things. Exactly. Joe Biden does not seem to uh have the ability or the access to exercise the full power and authority of his office. Nobody believes he's actually running anything. Nobody believes he's making these decisions. All of these decisions are just global regime decisions that are being implemented by some aspect of the regime uniparty infrastructure in the United States. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is why is Rogers complaining that the decisions are being made in the White House without uh, the military expertise of Lloyd Austin? The whole point is that we have a civilian commander-in-chief in the White House making these decisions and that they're not delegated to just the Department of War that is now the Department of Defense. I mean, that's kind of basic stuff, I thought.
3: Yeah. Um, all right, let's keep moving along here. We're getting we're going to go over again. Shocker, right? CNN uh, federal prosecutors propose pushing back Trump's classified documents trial to July 8th. Uh, Jack Smith said in court filings on Thursday that he believes that Trump and his co- two co-defendants, political aide Walt Nauta and property staffer Carlos de Oliveira should go to trial on July 8th. Attorneys for the three defendants propose that Trump and de Vera's trial begin on August 12th while NADA's trial begins on September 9th. Trump's attorneys reiterated that they believe the former president can't have a fair trial before the November's election, highlighting political dates in their filing where they say the former president needs to be on the campaign trail, like for instance, the Republican National Convention. The case is currently scheduled to go to trial in May, though District Judge Eileen Cannon, who is overseeing the case, is expected to address the date in a hearing on Friday, which is today, and that's going on right this very minute so uh to talk about this meltdown and i'm a little upset here because it reset my connection uh we have first we have we got three clips here it's gonna go from crazy to insane to absolute lunacy and uh let's start here with weissman i gotta click around for just a second because i for some reason reset oh and now it's gonna reset again are you kidding me come on (laughs) x I hate it when it does that. It's like you pause something.
4: I was NBC News legal analyst. I think That's it's around here. It immunity, but in fact, he will be have been given immunity because the case will not go to trial before the election. Meaning, if Joe Biden wins, the case goes forward. But if he loses, the case is over. I think it's worth noting. The other sort of big picture item is any normal politician. Any person who was accused of a crime that they did not do would want to clear his name. And so what's happening here is the reason one thinks it's a win for Donald Trump is he's trying to avoid at all costs the facts of what happened Um, that are charged in this indictment, that they do not get presented in court where facts actually matter and people will hear it. So he can continue to say publicly, this is all just a smear campaign by his political adversary um, and avoid actually having this confronted um, by the jury to assess those claims that he's making publicly
2: the well, Supreme Court certainly helping, as you say, Donald Trump's legal team strategy of delaying this, delaying, kick it down the road, hope he wins election and can make it disappear. But do you believe on the merits the Supreme Court made the right decision here to hear the arguments?
4: I don't. Um, I think that this is such a frivolous argument. Uh, This is a case where even if you thought there might be some circumstance where a president could be immune with respect to certain actions that he takes within his or her official capacity, this is surely not the case. Uh, as Judge Ludig has said and actually submitted a brief, when you're dealing with um, the crimes that are alleged here, which is illegally staying in office, that, that is an absolute violation of the Constitution. Uh, and so I think that this was really improvident and by granting this stay, they essentially are saying that he is de facto immune. So I don't think they should right. have taken the case. Uh, and I think it ends up being that they've given a win to Trump here. And I think they're going to give a win to the Trump in the Colorado case as well.
3: All right. So we can cut that first clip there. I mean, Weissman's a little loony first off. I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, but his hair is ridiculous. And um, he reminds me of uh, this guy from Doug way back in the day. I don't know why this popped in my head as I'm watching him speak. He's got like this big poof of hair that just like combs over the side. Like, bro, you got a full head of hair at that age. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Some of us are less fortunate. But getting back to the substance of what he said, uh, he's basically saying like he shouldn't have had uh, the same you know, checks and balances moving up the the legal process to be able to appeal this. The Supreme Court should not have heard a case on presidential immunity. And again, we, we talk about this all the time. This is gonna boomerang big time if Trump wins in 2024, when Trump wins in 2024. You know, you've got a lot of cases right now, they're talking about the her report and everything else, the Weiss, David Weiss report um, uh, investigation. Nothing is ever gonna be brought against Joe Biden right now because you can't do anything against him right now. This is all gonna be brought if if there is anything brought it's going to be brought after the fact mm-hmm. and uh they're setting the the precedent here all the way up to the supreme court that yes the president can be charged with a with a crime while he was in office
0: yeah i mean i i expect that you're right about what the ultimate um outcome of this case is going to be but it's possible that it goes the other way you know there's a couple of funny things here one of them is that andrew Weissman seems rather convinced that donald trump illegally stayed in the office of uh American president. When did he do that? I was under the impression that Donald Trump lost a legitimate election and left office on the 20th of January, 2021. So I don't know how he illegally stayed in office. Um, He also didn't uh, illegally attempt to stay in office. And that is the other thing they keep pretending that Donald Trump committed uh, some crime while in office and that this ruling is going to make it impossible to prosecute presidents for crimes in office. What they're doing is first criminalizing one of his official acts as president and then trying to uh, try him for that. I mean, they're trying him for contesting the reported results of an obviously stolen and fraudulent and unconstitutional election. It's his duty to do that. If he didn't do that, That would be a dereliction of his duty. So they want to make it so that the president cannot faithfully execute his duty in that office, which is what Donald Trump did. And he will successfully argue that. So the entire premise for these meltdowns is absurd, but they're enjoyable to watch.
3: My favorite thing about the Weissman clip is is when it's in normal mode, not full screen on a on a on a laptop, but on a cell phone or something. And you look in his background, all you see is a black thing that says Trump. I
0: know you can't
3: that's you can't so read what it says it just says trump and I, I absolutely love that uh you know even though we know what it actually says he hosts his- a podcast that's literally dealing with yeah. with trump's per- prosecutions Prosecuting like that's- donald trump is his podcast that's what i was just gonna say yeah what a, how insane and and they call us uh uh partisans you know because because we have a, a platform that talks about all sorts of things and then he has a podcast oh it's crazy they're called
4: moving,
3: dude it's insane but moving down the progression of lunacy this one is borderline the worst one but let me play these next two clips this one's shorter
0: You're right the conclusion that we can arrive at now based on what they have done without having to wait for the ruling is that they are ensuring that Trump will not face trial and when they inevitably rule that presidents aren't immune from prosecution after they leave office what that will tell donald trump if by then he is president is that he can never leave the office of the presidency and if he is (laughs) voted out in 2028 he cannot leave office and he is willing to com- he, is, he is welcome to commit any crimes he wants to as long as he is still president in order to ignore the results of that election and stay in power for life, because otherwise he is going to go to prison when he gets out.
3: You know what clip I just realized I need more than anything in the whole world? Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. You never go full retard because she, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. she just went full retard. She just went full retard.
0: So Donald Trump is going to commit crimes forever in order to just stay president so that upon leaving office, he can't be thrown in prison, which is what's already happening now.
3: The whole thing is not. I dude, I I don't understand that one bit. Uh, As if that wasn't bad enough, uh, this is probably arguably the worst one.
2: Oh, volume.
4: proof ruling, as Dahlia says, and they still decide to take it up.
2: What it says is that they are cor- corrupted political actors who act in bad faith. The reason why people like Mark and people like Dahlia seem to have a crystal ball is because they're real, because they're realists, and they understand the court for what it is. And at some point, people in the media, people at home, and people sitting in the White House, have to stop pretending that the Supreme Court is some kind of benign trying to do its best institution and start to realize that there are six Republicans, not conservatives, Republicans on the Supreme Court who view it as their job to help the Republican Party. And until we do something about that, until we take away that power, until we draw the line on them there, they will continue to do this. They will help Trump. They will take away abortion rights. They will end affirmative action. They will liberalize gun rights. They will do all of it until we stop them. And somebody, somebody needs to start listening in the higher echelons of the Democratic Party, because we will keep losing every day. We allow these six Republicans in robes to rule over all of us.
0: Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. Never go full retard.
3: Thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> so what you guys just witnessed there is Chris sending me the link, me downloading the video, remuxing it in the MP4, and downloading it and processing it on StreamYard, all in the one minute that Westel uh our mistel right there was spewing I, the dude looks I mean just look at him bro if that doesn't scream Karl Marx
4: mm-hmm.
3: I mean all he's, missing is, all he's <laughs> missing is the beard wait did you uh did you get the picture that I sent
0: to you on text this morning no I did not I well I did but it's in text so can't you pop it up on the desktop and share it I don't think so oh wait it go hold on then you, if you send, send it, to you, it in I'll telegram send you on telegram you right. gotta get this one wait,
4: Really
3: but we're that. now at the point we're now at the point where we need to abolish the supreme court because they're hearing a, they haven't even decided yet they haven't even decided yet these people are so uh, you know triggered by this just because it's going to push the case down the road i mean this is a pretty complex case against uh, a politicized uh, you know a politicized case against a a, a political opponent i i mean Nobody's nobody's bringing up the fact that you know Donald Trump has zero chance of getting a fair trial in Washington D.C. Zero chance. Mm-hmm. You know the Republican frontrunner in a ninety-six percent Democrat uh, jurisdiction has no chance whatsoever. But uh, and where they're losing their shit is over the Supreme Court hearing the immunity case. That's mind-boggling. Well, they've been searching
0: for a silver bullet now for. Coming up on nine years, we are, what, April, May and half of June, March, April, May, half of June. We are three and a half months away from nine years since Trump came down the escalator. And for that entire portion of all of our lives, these same people have been trying to figure out one kind of uh, ex machina solution just the hand of God interfering and solving all their problems. Just one silver bullet, take out this Donald Trump monster. We're finally going to get Trump. They were told so hard all through last year, hey guys, we're really going to get Donald Trump now. And I try to I try to at least consider the possibility that these people are very sophisticated and we just... Um, operate with two distinct sets of facts and two distinct worldviews, except for the fact that I already was on that side and sophisticated on that side, understanding that set of facts and that worldview. And so maybe these people are part of some grand uh, op to trick us all. But the truth is, I think that they're just the most indoctrinated in that mindset the most, uh, the best at memorizing that particular set of facts. And then they go out on TV and just exercise their confirmation bias collectively and with their audience. And they convince each other that everything in that bubble is still true, despite the fact that they are wrong nonstop about everything. I mean, the
3: COVID thing didn't even teach them they were wrong. 81 million votes. So you're, you're reading right now our secret constitution. When you get done with that i would i i want to i want to recommend to you reading uh j michael waller's uh big intel and i'm about halfway through it it's it's i mean it's it's a it's a pretty big book but i can't put it down like i'm i'm actually a little bit upset that we have to stream uh all day today because i I wanted to see my my wife's my wife is out of town. I wanted to sit on the couch, smoke a joint <laughs> and read the book and finish the book today. But but that's okay. I'll do it tomorrow. What um, a wild man you are, dude. The, the, right? the wife's away.
2: The wife's, wife's away. away Let's like, I
0: can't wait to sit on the couch and, and read a nonfiction book. You dude, she, bad she, she boy. Walked,
3: <laughs> she walked in the other day and she's like, I never in a million years thought in our lifetime, you'd be sitting on the couch reading while I'm in cooking uh you know a home-cooked meal like that's where our life has evolved to now and I was like we're getting old babe but anyways domestication bro but the 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 real like the the underlying thought uh notion so far is how bad our country uh got infiltrated by these these cultural Marxists, meaning you know pre communist manifesto Karl Marx in 1843 when he was writing about cultural Marxism instead of you know instead of actual communism um, a- and how bad we've been infiltrated and I mean these are examples of it now it's like you can't even unsee it you, you can't once once it's ingrained in your head it-, it doesn't disappear and so that's I think what we're seeing and that's why that guy looks like Karl Marx I mean there's no question that that's deliberate to have you know I, I i don't know all right let's keep moving I we're think, gonna i think he what? actually looks like
0: um toad Darn. from mario kart and I, I i sent you a uh i popped it up
3: telegram yeah i popped it up for a, a minute there i'll throw it back oh, up here.
0: did that go up i didn't even see it yeah i was uh while you're talking
3: I want people are not th- oh there you go yes i don't want people <laughs> to think i'm crazy the other good one would be um uh um, Don King. I saw somebody in the in the yeah. chat says, Don yeah. King put on some weight. That would be another good one. All right, let's jump into this article from the New York Post. Yesterday, Hunter sat down for his deposition. We'll be getting a live hearing at some point very soon. I'm not sure the exact date yet. Look at that. Level three threat aboard Newark bound flight forces emergency landing. Interesting. Um, but from here in this article, Hunter Biden confirmed post bombshell on dad, Joe's dinner, biz pals, blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, Hunter Biden confirmed some of the core facts of the impeachment against his father, including that Joe Biden's attended dinners with his son's foreign patrons uh, while vice president in closed door impeachment testimony. Uh, the 54 year old verified there were two dinners at DC's Cafe Milano restaurant in 2014 and 2015, where Joe Biden mixed with Hunter's Kazakhstani, Russian, and Ukrainian benefactors. Vadim Pozarsky, an executive at Ukraine energy uh, company, Burisma Holdings, attended one of those such dinners. We've talked talked ad nauseum about Vadim. Uh, Joe Biden's presidential campaign disputed the report at the time, claiming no such encounter was on Joe Biden's official schedules. And the official schedules is, of course, in quotes, which is just one of those things like how much stuff, you know, doesn't really actually get documented that these politicians do. And that goes Mm. down both sides of the aisle. It's not just the Democrats that do this. Uh, It goes on to say, Hunter confirmed the dinner also included Russian billionaire uh, Yelena Baterina who reportedly transferred $3.5 million on February 14th of 2014 to a company jointly owned by Hunter and Devin Archer and Kazakhstani businessman, Kenis Rekoshev, who uh, purchased Hunter a $142,000 sports car. Hunter said, quote, My dad did not come for dinner. I believe that he probably had a Coca-Cola and a bowl of spaghetti. That's dinner, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> for- <laughs> That's funny, man. I mean, he didn't come for dinner. He just had spaghetti and Coke. Yeah, that's not that's an appetizer, right? When you're living lifestyles of rich and famous, you didn't get to the meat yet. Anything above two jalapeno poppers is dinner, as far as I'm concerned. Right? Dude, like you should have seen some of the shit I ate when I was a teenager. You know, a twenty-something. <laughs> Dude, I would not want to see the shit you eat last week. Why, man? I I eat pretty you, good. Other you than, talk about Taco Bell all the time. Other than Wednesday and Friday nights when I go to Taco Bell. I eat pretty good okay the rest of the time tomorrow night I'm smoking some fillets we'll have a we'll have a good dinner just me all by right. myself
2: all know. right
3: it goes on to say um uh he, he said of one of the cafe Milano gatherings though other witnesses have described Joe Biden as having a full meal while in attendance it depends where their meatballs on the spaghetti if there were meatballs it's a full meal right otherwise right. yeah anyways Hunter said he believes the full first oligarch dinner was on his birthday of February 4th 2014. That date of 2014 dinner, however, raises the prospect that Batterina may have transferred the as yet unexplained three and a half million dollars just 10 days after mingling with the elder Biden. Uh, Hunter testified he never received a dime from Miss Batterina, who has thus far avoided his father's sanctions against Russia's business elites over the two year Kremlin invasion of Ukraine. It's funny how that works, right? She's exempt from the sanctions, but no, no affiliation with Joe Biden. House Republicans have not established the precise flow of the three and a half million, but say that 2.75 million was transferred to Rosemont Seneca's uh, Bohai and Harvest, uh, which Archer said was controlled by 50-50 with Hunter Biden. Uh, I'm all over the place on this. Batterina separately invested more than $100 million with Archer's Rosemont Realty, with which Hunter Biden was also briefly associated. Uh, And then he would not say if the laptop was actually forgotten. The big takeaway here, though, is that he admits that Joe Biden is the big guy. However, he says that that email from James Goliar, Giliar, uh, he doesn't know why he sent it. It was just a pers- a prospective idea. It was it was an idea that we could have, but he he doesn't deny that Joe Biden's the big guy in that in that uh, email. Instead, he says it can't be true because James Biden only got ten percent and Hunter got. Uh, twenty percent, and he would never do that to his uncle. He would never short sell his uncle. That's the excuse for why that email was bullshit. They do seem to be uh really faithful one to
0: to one another. Those Biden family members. I mean, if you if you take out like lying about their mom's death, lying about Bo's death, lying about inappropriate hours with, with the daughter, yeah, Hunter, sleeping with your brothers, Hunter. widow. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you take all of the stuff that they actually do out, then yes, they are very decent, faithful family members who treat one another with great respect. Yeah. That's a great point, man.
3: That is a very, very good point, man. Uh, yeah. Sleeping with your brother's widow like like a month after he died is, is the line in the sand. And who knows how long that was going on beforehand. So all right guys that is going to be it for the show we will be live streaming the Fannie Willis hearing very shortly so make sure you stay tuned for that Ash Gordon and I I believe Gordon will be there but Ash and I for sure um we do have some Rumble Rants so let me jump into those real quick before we get into the Rumble Rants if you haven't yet please hit that thumbs up button down there we got a little over seventy-five hundred people watching and uh just under 1.4 thousand uh thumbs up so let's get some more of those folks if you don't mind uh, W.R. Ripley says, I received my sample primary ballot from Manatee County, Florida this week. Thought it was odd that Donald Trump was listed last in a list of seven candidates. Is the order based on filing date? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's based on filing date. I think it's random. I think um, we I think we do have a top of ticket law in Florida where it will randomly cycle the candidates through. I'm not 100% sure, um, but I'll check that out. Magravator says, here's the link to the AP Seals article um i i clicked on that link mags and it didn't link to that it linked to just a general like topic breakdown of navy seals in the ap uh where we go one we go all joe says hi i love your pa- point of view chris there you go i well, love your thanks. point of view too chris most of the time most of the time uh chris is right it's all fake and gay uh i think there's a couple more yeah That's where true. we go one uh where we go one we go all joe again says uh It is friday but let's all think but let all think there are different kinds of roofing some are better for fire some are not cedar roofing would be very flammable and metal concrete roofing is not much love uh that's fair but my i don't understand how a a ground fire like why is the roof the determining Mm -hmm. factor in that like i mean i would assume in texas maybe the houses are concrete like they are down here in florida which concrete doesn't really burn but you know you still got all sorts of things around there uh, and even then i think even a metal roof doesn't it still have a wood foundation like i don't yeah i don't <laughs> i mean
0: it's it's
3: i i have no answers on that yeah i i, I mean i've seen plenty of roof like frames and we we have a lot of aluminum metal roofs in florida but even then like the the framing on it is still typically wood i guess maybe they could make for a wood uh whatever's uh cancon here you go never go full retard thank you so much but i got that already unfortunately i didn't get to play my my border clip because we're all sitting there you know debating about the border and i think this is probably the best clip ever for red pilling people john and, and and kyle and bb uh played this on on um on uh dph on wednesday and i think this is a great clip that needs to be spread far and wide
2: uh, so we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies. It would take so much time to list them.
0: Everybody knows you never go full retard. No,
1: That's
3: sorry. the only part of the clip. I actually I actually have to work on that and go and, um, and actually clip out. I just want the one part. Everybody knows you don't go full retard. But anyways. All right, Chris, you got anything coming up you want to uh, plug before we get out of here? Nah,
0: man. Just... Uh... For whoever is out there who hasn't checked out the podcast i'm your
3: moderator.substack.com all right and guys like i said we will be joining you back i'll probably have just enough time to grab some lunch taco bell of course no i'm just kidding that's for dinner uh and then we'll uh <laughs> we'll get we'll get rocking it says oh Craneop said not most of the house fires in fire like that are caused by flying embers uh yeah i mean that's how they spread especially Dude, we get wildfires in South Florida all the time. I mean, you can literally drive out and just see the Everglades on fire. So I I understand that that the embers can spread the fire downwind. You know, it can catch way ahead and you know get ahead of itself. But the fire itself rolling through, I don't understand how a house would be exempt from that based on the roof. If I mean, look, I I saw uh, where we go. One, we go. All Joe said. Typically, embers are floating in the air not saying ground fire necessarily but from tree to tree to roof okay that's fair i get that all right well guys like i said tune in to uh, in about 30 minutes as we do the fannie willis trial and then tonight we got why we vote at 7:30 p.m uh my co-host on sit rep is going to join us tonight alpha warrior and uh yeah that's all i got folks say bye chris bye chris <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.